A Merry Christmas? No. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. I said this first service, I'm going to say it again. You know, I never had known that people had a hard time with holidays until I lost my brother, right? So not every holiday is a happy holiday for everyone. And so if you lost your mama, we grieve with you. If you look at people who have a fabulous relationship with their mom and yours is toxic, and you're grieving the mom that you never had, then we pray for you. If you lost a baby, you're in our hearts. Some of you are having a fabulous Mother Day, and that's fabulous. We are excited with you. But we love you all. We've been praying for you this week just because we know Mama's Day is not easy for everyone. So we just want you to know whatever season of life you're in, we're with you. We're on your side. We love you. You are loved more than you could ever know. Um. God is good, right? All the time. So the title of my message today, we're going to study a mother. Not really going to study a mother. We're going to talk about her, though. Um, The title is Be Like Mary. And men, you don't get to shut off. You don't get to turn your mind off because this is not just to the women. This is like you two. You get to be like Mary. Too excited. Be like Mary called to carry. So I listened to that song, Mary, Did You Know? Do you think that when she was carrying Jesus, she knew everything that was going on? I think she might have had an inkling, but I don't think she really ever fully understood what the, the angel told her. You know, even when he, she's, he told her everything that was going to happen, and she said, how is this going to happen? And he said, the angel is going to come upon you, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and nothing that he said made sense. Like, if you go back and read that, he didn't really answer her question. Because <laughs> I'm sure her mind, you can't understand the supernatural plan of God with a, with a natural, finite mind. It just can't happen. But what we do know, and what Mary did know, was that one day she was just a 13-year-old girl, mind in her own business, engaged to be married, and the next day she exploded with the destiny of God inside of her. And the destiny for her life was to carry the glory of God. Mary was a carrier of the Son of God. She was a carrier of the glory of God. And so we are supposed to be like Mary because we are also called to carry. And I just want to look at at this in a little bit different aspects today. We're going to talk about some practical things. We're going to talk about the Word. I love the Word. Say, I love the Word. Because we are also called to carry the Son of God, and it's going to change our lives. It changed Mary's life forever. Carrying the Son of God changed Mary's life forever. Some good ways, becoming a mama is usually a good thing. Bringing new life into the world, it can change our lives in good ways. But it also changed her life with some challenges. You know, her fiancé wanted to leave her. She basically was an unwed mother which now doesn't carry as much stigma even as it used to, but back then it was bad. You were ostracized if you were an unwed mother. And so likely her family disowned her or wanted to if they didn't believe what the angel told her. Joseph wanted to set her aside. He didn't want to marry her anymore. God had had to intervene in these things, but she faced some challenges because she was a carrier of the Son of God. But she had some other things change in her life too. How she looked changed. How many of you know when you are going to have a baby, it changes the way you look, both now and forevermore? (laughs) 
no matter how hard you try, it just doesn't go back the same as it was before. Nothing goes back the same as it was before. (laughs) And so you look different while you're carrying him, and then you're just forever changed physically, just the way it is. Uh, It changed the way that she thought. She went from just thinking about cooking and cleaning to thinking about, I'm pregnant. (laughs) And so I have to change some things, and I have to do some things different, and I might have to watch some things. It changed how she talked. Because I'm sure she talked about the baby moving. I'm sure she talked about morning sickness. I'm sure she talked about all of these things. It affected her words. It affected what she did. It affected how she walked. Ladies, you just can't get to the end of that pregnancy without walking funny, right? So I was pregnant with my first two over the winter and with Allie over the summer. And I would take a summer baby any day because you can get in that pool and it's like an anti-gravity room and it takes all the pressure off. But it changed the way she talked. It changed the way she moved. It changed the way she acted. Being a carrier of the Son of God changed everything in Mary's life. And so I'm going to ask you today this question over and over and over. Do you know what you carry And has it changed your life since you started carrying it? Do you know what you carry? And has what you carry changed your life at all? Because it's supposed to change our lives in such an amazing, amazing way. Will there be challenges? Absolutely. Will there be a fight some days? Of course. But when we become aware of who we carry and become aware of what we carry, it's going to change so much in our lives. So we're going to look today at what we carry and what it's going to change for us. Romans eight eleven says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I'm going to read that again. The Spirit of God. The power of God, the one, God himself, the third person of the Trinity, of the Godhead, lives in you. Do you know what you carry? You know, last Sunday morning, I woke up and just didn't want a life anymore. I didn't want to kill myself. I just didn't want to get out of bed. (laughs) I wanted to play hooky from church. I wanted to play hooky from being a mom. May, uh, the schedule in May about eats me alive. Between the projects, just the projects for the end of school alone, I have spent more time at the store than ever. But the track meets and the band concerts and the choir performances and the track meets and the band concerts on the same diet and work and, and just everything, a family, you know, you still have to go to the grocery store. The schedule in May about eats me alive and I thought I was doing really good with it until I broke out in cold sores all over my face and realized I wasn't maybe doing so great with it. So last Sunday, I was just toast, and I rolled over in bed, and as soon as I rolled over to go back to sleep and just call off of life, the Holy Spirit said, don't you know what you carry? And I said, I thought I did, (laughs) but apparently not, because I'm not acting like it. I'm not participating with it. I'm not letting what I carry have any kind of impact on my external life. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but this beautiful treasure is contained in us. And the beautiful treasure it's talking about back in verse 4, 
refers to it as the radiant glory of God. We carry the glory of God. But this beautiful treasure is contained in us. Cracked pots made of earth and clay so that the transcendent character of this power will be clearly seen as coming from God and not from us. So we want to become aware today of what we carry and find out how that's supposed to impact our life. Because it is possible to be born again, to have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living in us, to carry the glory and the power of God, the same power that spoke the earth into being, the same power that parted the Red Sea so they could walk across it on dry ground, the same power that brought water from a rock and manna from heaven, the same power that cleansed the leper and raised Lazarus from the dead. It is possible to contain and carry that power on the inside of us and not have it have any effect on our lives. It's possible to carry the power of God and never experience the power of God. It's possible to have the power of God within us and have it lie dormant on the inside of us. But I'm here to remind us today to help us to become aware of who we carry and what we carry because guess what? It's true about you. Whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you participate with it or not, the potential to have the power of God impact your everyday life, walking and talking and living and breathing, is there for you. We just need to be aware of what we carry. And when we're aware of what we carry, it's going to change some things in our lives. It's going to change how we think. It's going to change what we say. And it's going to change what we do. And that's what we're going to look at today. We need to be aware of what we carry so it changes what we think and what we say and what we do. Why? We carry this treasure in our vessels so they can see the power of God. Right? And so we're going to look at this today. So the first thing we want to look at is how it should change our thoughts. When you know what you carry, it's going to change your thoughts. We need to be thinking about what we're thinking about. Most people don't think about what they're thinking about. It just goes. And you know anyone like that? It just goes. But when we're aware of what we carry, this is going to change. We're going to be thinking about what we're thinking about. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The difference between an overcomer in Christ and someone who walks beneath their potential to overcome in Christ starts in your thoughts. Right? It starts in your thoughts. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, we don't act like who we are always. The word tells us who we are. We're overcomers. We're conquerors. We can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We can overcome sin. We can walk above. We can live holy. We don't always act like who we are. We act like who we think we are. So if we're, our thinking is down here and thinking I'm just a failure and I'm just not good at anything and I'm just weak and I'm just tired and I can't and I won't and it won't and I can't, that's what you're going to have. But if we start to turn 
our mind and line it up with the Word of God, it's going to change everything for us. And I want to read 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Because you know what? You're, have you ever heard the phrase, train of thought? Yeah. Yes. I lost my train of thought. And so we're going to go down the pathway with the train of thought today is that our thoughts are a train that are going to take us somewhere. It's either you're going to get on the train to victory or you're going to get on the train to defeat. You're going to be on the train to joy or you're going to be on the train to depression. You're going to be on the train to overcoming or you're going to be on the train to I can't do it. And it all starts in the thoughts. And we went to New York City last year. And um, I know a lot of people love the city, and they go four or five, six times a year, and they can't wait to get back there. And I just, when I was there, I just wanted to leave and go get a breath of fresh air. I took it down. You could, just couldn't take a deep breath. I'm like, what do people love about this? Take me to the beach, man. Take me, put my toes in the sand. Smell of salt water in the air. I'm a happy camper. But there's no trains at the beach, and so we're in New York City today, all right? So when we were in New York City, we tackled the subway, which I had great fear and trepidation about because I've watched one too many Blue Bloods and saw what happened when you got on the wrong train, right, and ended up in the wrong place. And so I really didn't want to go to the wrong place. And so, (laughs) but it is, the potential is there to get on the wrong train because it's all happening so fast and they're all going all these different directions and there's a red one and a white one, the blue one and the yellow one and this one only goes there and this one goes there and this one will go there and then you have to change to get on that one. And if you get on this train, the white train that only goes to downtown Manhattan, but you wanted to go to uptown Manhattan, you could get off the train and go, how in the world can I get here? Well, it's not rocket science. You got on the wrong train. Right? So our thoughts are a train, and they're going to take us somewhere. And sometimes we get to the end of the day so depressed and overwhelmed and under our problems and think, how in the world did we get here? Are we thinking about what we're thinking about? That's what we're going to look at today. Are we, let's think about what we're thinking about, because 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, and I'm going to show you how, because people walk in here on Sunday morning, and we try to set the table for the power and presence of God to come. We come in here, we pray, we cry out for revival, we cry out for the presence of God, and guess what? When you call, he answers. Why? Because our cry is that you'll come in bound, but come in contact with the power of God and leave free. Leave with the peace of God. Leave with the joy of God. Leave with the healing of God. But we want to, because so many people, once they leave, then they just pick up their problems right on the way out the door and fall back into the old patterns of life. And so we don't want you to just come in and get free. We want to teach you how to leave and stay free, right? And so this is one way we do it. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, means they're not of this world, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We have thoughts that try to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. So what's the knowledge of God? The truth. 
It's the word of God. So we have thoughts that come in and try to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And if we're not thinking about what we're thinking about, we're going to let him do it. Why? Because it's how we've always thought. And so a thought might come in and try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. What does that mean? It means it tells you something other than what the word has to say about you. I'm a failure. Anyone ever had that thought? I have it regularly. (laughs) I feel like some days you go to bed feeling like you failed at life. Anybody? Am I the only one? (laughs) So you lay down and you start thinking, I've... Oh, man, I failed at that today. I failed at that. I wasn't a good mom. I wasn't a, did I make dinner? No. Did I brush my teeth today? Sometimes that's like on the question mark at the end of the day. I don't remember brushing my teeth today. Isn't that gross? I did brush them today. I promise so. <laughs> I'm a failure. Okay, so we have a thought. But what does the word say about me? He always causes me to triumph. So if I, I can't be a failure and triumphant at the same time. So guess what you have to do? You have to take this thought and cast it aside and replace it with this one. Right? I am not a failure. That is a lie because he always causes me to triumph in Christ. Right? We need to take every thought captive. If our thoughts do not line up with what the word of God has to say, we're to set it aside and replace it with the new one that comes from his word. And if you don't replace it, this old nasty lie is just going to keep circling. You've got to put the word in there. And this is where we find out what is true about us. You've got to open it. You've got to read it to yourself, right? And if this is overwhelming to you, because look how many pages this is, and I don't even know where to look, well, I'm going to show you a little tool. Does this look overwhelming? This looks better, doesn't it? This is smaller, right? Not so overwhelming. This is a little book called In Him, and it has every single scripture in the New Testament about who God made you and what he's given you, and I've got a secret. Are you ready? After I preached this first service, a lady came up to me and said, I want to buy one for everyone in the church. Right? So this week, Christine's going to order them, and then you have to come back and check with us to get it, okay? Because I'll never remember who was here. So we'll have a box out in the lobby. (laughs) You'll have to come back and get it. But you've got to replace the lies with the truth. When we become aware of who we carry... When we become aware of who is on the inside and the power of God that's on the inside and we just become aware of who he's made us in that power, we're not going to live down here anymore. Why do some people receive the promises and some people live so far below that potential? Why? Why do some people live in peace? And some people, Christians, the blood of Christ covers them. The power of God lives in them. He's, they own the same Bible that says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world is given, I give you. 
do not fear, I've overcome the world. They have all the same verses, all the same scriptures, and live in total fear and worry and anxiety. Why? Because the promises of God are the potential of God for our life. But they will stay potential and never become our possession until we participate with what it says. And that's a lot of peas. And I don't like peas. And so... (laughs) But it's true. It's true. I don't know why I don't have any peace. I don't know why I don't have any peace. I don't know why I don't have any peace. Are you thinking about what you're thinking about? Because the Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, that he'll keep you in perfect peace when you keep your mind fixed on him because you trust in him. Whose job is it to fix their mind? Ours. And I guarantee you that if you're replacing the fear thoughts and replacing the lie thoughts and we're taking captive those thoughts that are against God and replacing them with what the Word has to say, you're going to have peace. So knowing who we carry is going to change our thoughts. Do you know what you carry? Knowing what we carry is going to change our words. And there's something I've been trying to get across to my kids for a lot of years, and I say it every time they say something stupid, (laughs) is you don't have to say everything you think. (laughs) Everything you think up here doesn't have to come out here. Because the words of someone who carries the power of God The words of someone who carries the life of God, the words of someone who carries the Son of God are to be different than someone who doesn't. Right? Right? Proverbs 18, 21, we say it all the time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Right? There's another proverb that says, the words of the reckless pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. Our words should reflect what we carry. Right? Who's in control of what comes out of your mouth? We are. are. Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Our words reveal our heart. Good trees produce good fruits. Bad trees produce bad fruits. You can always tell a tree by its fruits. You children of snakes, you who are evil, how could you possibly say anything good? For the mouth simply shapes the heart's impulses into words. The mouth shapes the heart's impulses into words. And we know that better as, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so the good man who is filled with goodness speaks good words. Guess what you carry? You carry the glory of God. In Exodus, when Moses said, show me your glory, God said, I'll show you my glory. I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. So you carry the goodness of God, and it's supposed to impact our words. Oh, you're just naming and claim it. If you just confess it so many times. No, 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 no. We're talking about Knowing what we carry 
and having that have an impact on our lives, but not just our lives, but the lives of those around us. God really meant what he said in Mark 11, that you can have what you say. That's not name it and claim it. That's Jesus saying, if you speak to this mountain, it'll be removed and cast into the sea. You'll have what you say. Our words matter. Our words matter. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Well, that doesn't make any sense. How does just saying something do something? How does just saying something affect something? Well, it doesn't really have to make sense, does it? Because Naaman in the Old Testament didn't think it made any sense at all for him to be healed of leprosy by dipping in the River Jordan seven times. In fact, he thought it would make more sense to go to a cleaner river. The Jordan's a dirty river. You did take a shower after you got baptized. In. Okay. So. <laughs> Why? Why do my words matter? Because he said they matter. And that's enough. You know, when my kids ask me why, because I said so is enough. That's all you need to know. Because I said so in this moment. But God knows something that we don't know. When we're speaking the word of God, when we're lining our words up with what's in here, we're agreeing with God. And I tell you, there's only two positions you can take with your mouth. You're either in agreement with God or you're against God. Which one do you think is more powerful? (laughs) We want to agree with him. Why? It releases his power into our situations when we agree with him. So he believed in it so much so that he changed Abram's name to Abraham, which meant not just exalted father, which is what Abram meant. It meant father of a multitude. Abraham didn't have one single child, but God changed his name to Abraham so that every time he spoke his name, he was agreeing with the word of God. And so that every time everybody else spoke his name, they were releasing the word of God. They were releasing the promise of God. They were in agreement with the promise. Why? Because our words carry power. He believes in it so much that in our Christmas story, the angel came to Zechariah and said, your wife's going to have a baby. He's like, I don't think so. Do you see how old she is? Well stricken in years, the Bible said. But he had doubt. And so God zipped his lip for nine months so that he couldn't speak doubt over that situation. He was like, you're not going to believe me? Here, let me just move you over here. You can't have any impact on this. You're not stopping my will from coming to pass. Our words matter. We want to agree with God. If we're not agreeing with God, we're lying. Because that's the truth. If the word is truth and we're speaking anything else, we're lying. Right? And we get to have what we say, and our words release power. We have a mountain we've been facing for several years. And my words have gone, my words have been bipolar. My words have gone back and forth. (laughs) Oh, Father, I trust you. Is it ever going to happen, God? Is it ever going to? No, I'm standing strong in faith. But wait a minute, nothing's moving, nothing's shaking. This is never going to (laughs) happen. 
But this year, he told me, all you get to say about this, this is all you're allowed to say when you think about this. And I'm telling you, it's woken me up in the middle of the night. What are you going to do? It's never going to change. All you get to say is, he's faithful who promised. If he spoke it, he'll perform it. Period. Why? Because our words matter. Look at the 12 spies. 12 spies go into the promised land. 12 spies saw the same things. 12 spies come out of the promised land. 10 spies say, we can't do it. And guess what? They didn't. Two spies said, we are well able. And guess what? They did. Our words matter. Even if it's just to talk louder than those words of doubt and unbelief that are trying to flood our minds, it's okay to talk yourself into it. Instead of just walking around saying, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. Isn't it better to say, greater is he who's in me. I carry the power of God. I carry the strength of God. And he will walk me through this day. You can talk yourself into victory. Or you can talk yourself into defeat. It's your choice. But it's okay to talk yourself into it. Because the enemy of your souls is trying to talk you out of it. And it sounds an awful lot like you. It sounds an awful lot like those thoughts in your head. I can't ever do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, if God spoke it, he'll perform it. He just needs a vessel. So we just need to come into alignment with our words. Oh, my Don't look at the clock. Do you know what you carry? We'll zip right through this last paragraph. We'll zip right through it. Do you know what you carry? Because it's going to change your actions. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. Brothers and sisters, how fast can you listen? I'm going to read really fast. I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. You're acting worldly. It's going to change our actions. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? And verse 3 in the Amplified Classic says, are you not living like unchanged men? It's possible to carry the power of God and it not have an impact on your life. We need to participate with the power of God that's inside of us. Acts 26, 19 through 20, our works, our actions, they reveal what's going on in the heart. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. Our actions reveal the change on the inside of us when we participate with the change on the inside of us. Right? He's placed within us, and if we know what we carry, we know we carry the power of God that raised Christ from the dead. We know we carry the power of God that destroyed the yoke of the enemy, that destroyed the works of the devil, including sin and all of its effects on our life. If we know who we carry, it's going to change what we do. Come here, baby. 
We all know WWJD. What would Jesus do? But I'm going to say we set Jesus up on this pedestal up here because he was Jesus. And so, of course, we can't do everything that Jesus would do that, but I'm not Jesus. And so I think a better question to ask, to be aware of who we carry 24-7 is, what would I do if he was standing right here with me? That's good. Would I say that? If he, Jesus was standing right here with me, aware of who we carry, would I watch that program if Jesus was right here with me? Would I do that to that person? Would I treat them that way if Jesus was right here with me? Being aware of who we carry should have an impact on what we do. And one way to make that happen, one way to participate with that power of God that's inside of us is to feed the spirit and starve the flesh. Right? We all know it. I'm not preaching anything we haven't heard. What you feed grows and gets stronger and what you starve dies and gets weaker. So feed the spirit, starve the flesh. Feed the spirit, why? Word in the mind. Word out of the mouth. It feeds the spirit. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when you're speaking the word out of your mouth, guess whose ears are hearing it? Feed the spirit. If you're watching something that's feeding an appetite in the flesh, turn it off. If you're looking at something that's feeding the appetite in the flesh, stop it. You carry the power of God. Act like it. It's possible to live far below the potential of the power of God on the inside of us. I've been fasting TV for quite some time now, but the first two weeks was rough because I had developed an appetite for it. They weren't even bad shows. It was just TV. And that first two weeks was a fight of wanting to watch it, wanting to watch it. Why? Because I had a voracious appetite for it. You get addicted to screens, just saying. Just saying. Sometimes it's good to starve the flesh and feed the spirit. But it's because thoughts meditated on become actions, and that's what becomes our reality. And meditate just means to mutter over and over. So a thought becomes our words, becomes our actions. So isn't it better than to think about, speak about, and do things that are far beneath the child of God? Wouldn't it be far better to say, I carry the power of God in me. I carry the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead in me. The power of God lives in me. The power of God to heal lives in me. The power of God to deliver lives in me. The power of God to set free lives in me. When John G. Lake was a tiny little baby, do you think his mom looked at him and said, bubonic plague germs are going to die in this man's hands? When he was a three-year-old boy, do you think he said that to himself? No. But when he became aware, when he heard of the power of God, he came through Azusa Street. So talk about experiencing the power of God and becoming aware of what you carry. Then every time he passed by the mirror and he looked in that mirror, he said, the power of God lives in that man. 
The power of God lives in that man. The power of God lives in that man. And I'm telling you, when you participate like that with what's on the inside of you and become aware of it, it's going to change what you do. Because if he didn't have an awareness that the power of God was in him, do you think he'd ever have put bubonic plague germs in his hand? Do you think you'd ever lay hands on the sick? Do you think you'd ever pray and expect God to move in a situation? We need to know what we carry. Why? Because it's not time for comfortable Christianity. It's time for conquering Christianity. We don't have to defeat the devil. That's already been all taken care of. But conquering means we go take the ground that he has claimed is his, that God has already purchased to be his. It's not time for comfortable Christianity, complacent Christianity. It's not time to just defend our ground, which defending is good. And when the enemy attacks, then we need to hold up our shield. Though no weapon formed against us can prosper in Jesus' name. We do need to defend. It's not just about tending our garden, although we need to make sure we have good ground and we're taken in the word and we're feeding ourselves and we're spending time in the presence of God. It's time to conquer, to take action, to go lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. If we're not aware that the power of God lives in us to pull people out of drug addiction, are we ever going to get out there and lay hands on them? No. We carry this treasure in us so that they can see the power of God. Until we're fully aware of what we carry, we're never going to fulfill our destiny. And that's what we want to do. We want to be a church of people full of the power of God, going out and conquering the enemy's territory and bringing those people back home to God so that they can experience what Jesus purchased on the cross. Amen? Amen. Amen. We have this treasure. Our lives are just bigger than ourselves. So we're going to be like Mary. We're called to carry that power and life of God to the world. Amen. Amen. You know, earlier in first service, we... uh, we got to this point in the in the message, and um, the Holy Spirit just spoke something to my heart uh, as she was ministering, and that is that the confidence comes. I've said this many times. I until you live it, you can't preach it. But the confidence comes when you make that choice to change. It comes with the Word of God, and if we're putting it in us, like she's saying, if we become self feeders, if we become grown-ups, and we begin to put it in our mouths and in our hearts, and it begins to come out. There's confidence in that. Amen? Amen. Last Sunday, we were um, privileged to um, worship Jesus with brothers and sisters uh, at at another part of our body of Christ uh, at Mount Calvary in uh, Youngstown, and there's a a fine young couple from uh, that body. Can you just wave at us? We're just so thrilled that you're visiting. We love your bishop. We love our church body in Youngstown, and we just bless Bishop Tyson. And we bless the body of Christ, um, and we're just so glad. You know, the body of Christ is not just contained to one church. The body of Christ um, is multifaceted. We look different, but we still love and serve the one true God. Amen? Amen? Would you all stand with us?
we're just so thankful for um, the faithfulness of God. And um, we have become, we know this, that our desire is this. We want to know Christ and we want to know the power of his resurrection. That's why we sing songs like what we sung this morning, open our eyes. Father, so that we might know and understand. There's an engine out underneath the hood of your car, but until you open the hood and see it, put your hands on it, it's hard to realize and understand how it works. The word of God is the same thing. Until you open the scripture, until you open the cover and start begin to read it, it's hard to understand it. I, my, my wife used an incredible uh, example for service, and she didn't mention it this one, but I want to mention it. You know, sometimes I leave cash in my pants, and she finds it in the laundry, but she said this. Sometimes I put those pants back on, and I put my hand in the pocket, and hey, there's 20 bucks. I couldn't use it before I put my hand in my pocket. There's power within the covers of this amazing book. And until we open it, we don't realize the power that is available for us. Amen? Listen, we know that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and so we choose to bless you. We we want you to go out of here this morning knowing that God has given you a great gift. And we want to bless you. We know so many things have been spoken over you that have been lies, that have been word curses. And so this morning... Would you just receive this? We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus, that name that is above every name, the name that says that you, you are a son, you are a daughter. Father, our prayer today is that your children would realize and know and understand that greater is he that lives on the inside of them than he that is in the world. And so, Father, today, again, we bless your children, your children. Father, with the ability to know and to understand who they are and who they've been called to be. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray and we bless you. Now go and change your world with the power of God on the inside of you. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. Ladies, please see the ushers in the back and they will give you a free gift. For the first time, we have a free gift for you out in the, uh, the lobby.